Well, what a joy to share uh, this morning with you. Uh, this month, we are thinking about pressing in, uh, enjoying learning about revival uh, here in Chanctonbury. And what I want to share about this morning is about some of the personal dynamics going on in revival. Uh, and the reason I want to share a bit about that is really to help us just understand ourselves and understand what is going on when God is moving around us, the personal dynamics going on in revival. So uh, a few verses for us from Habakkuk chapter 3. And I had these verses put on the order of service when I was made rector here in Chanctonbury. Um, and they're so precious to me. Uh, they're the heart cry that I pray pretty much every single day. So Habakkuk chapter 3, uh, picking up at verse 2. O Lord, I have heard of your renown and I stand in awe, O Lord, of your work. In our own time, revive it. In our own time, make them known. And Father, I pray as I share this morning that you would stir our hearts uh, into a greater experience of, understanding of, and passion and hunger to see you working and moving in such great power in our lives, in our homes, in our churches, across this land, we pray. In our own time, revive your works. In our own time, make your ways known, Lord, we pray. And all God's people said at home, Amen. Amen. Uh, so I want to share some of the personal dynamics going on in revival when God is moving. And I was thinking about just one of the most glorious times that we've had in our church. Uh, I was thinking back to probably about 14, 15 months ago, uh, we had a revival night and we were visit visited by John Arnott. And if I think about some of the most glorious times that we've had in our church, I would say that night is pretty up there. Because on that night, the church was absolutely rammed. There were kids here, young people here, older persons here, everyone in between. We had about 360 packed into our little church building in Ashington. We were literally crammed in. And, uh, you know, just the most wonderful, wonderful evening. Um, you know, John was magnificent. He shared his experiences of revival and all that God's done over the last 25 years with those guys uh, in Toronto. Um, there, we just had the most monstrous fire tunnel, you know, just with people getting slain everywhere. <laughs> it, just bodies everywhere. It was carnage. Um, you know, uh, people getting touched by God, people having encounters with him. You know, um, they, he got all the young people forward. They were strewn like the battle of the Somme over the front of the church. You know, we staggered home at kind of half past midnight. You know, my family, there were people still at the church. It was just holy chaos everywhere. And, uh, you know, it's one of the most precious moments uh, during the worship. I remember us just as a congregation just singing, let it rain, let it rain for, for probably about 10 or 15 minutes. And I literally, I was standing there just, just praying, Lord, just pour out your spirit, you know, rain upon us, just pour out your spirit on this land. And I literally on my fingers just felt water dropping on me. 
you know, which I've never had before. And I was like, oh my goodness, Lord, you are present in this place, manifesting who you are and pouring out your spirit. It's the most glorious, glorious night. And um, I probably went to sleep about 2 a.m. And I woke up at about 5.30 because, you know, when you go to sleep at 2 a.m. after a night like that, you're full of glory, full of everything of God. And I woke up about three hours later in intense fear. I woke up the next morning about 5.30 and I was just like gripped with, with fear because I could only imagine what our communities would think. <laughs> People were staggering out of the church. People were hit by God, you know, absolutely being blitzed by his Holy Spirit. And I woke up gripped with what would, what would the parish council think? <laughs> what will people think? And right there and then, I just felt God, you know, really speak to me about revival. And I want to share this as the first thing here. The first thing about the personal dynamics when God is moving about revival is that revival requires us not to be afraid of what people will think. Revival requires us not to be afraid of what people will think. I lay there in bed about 5.30 in the morning and I was like, wow, I thought I was free of what people think of me and of the church and of us. But Lord, you were moving last night and now I'm thinking, what will people be? Will I get letters? You know, will people be complaining about people staggering home, you know, full of the wine of the Holy Spirit? You know, what will they think? And right there in my bed early on that morning, you know, I was like, Lord, if you are to move in such great power, like last night, and for that to grow, I need to overcome my fear of what people will think. And I was just praying, Lord, change me. You know, I'm so sorry, Lord. You know, I'm ready for anything. And by about seven o'clock, when I got out of bed, I was like thinking, do you know what? If if we've got letters from the church, if the community are wondering why people are staggering home, you know, seemingly drunk, like the first disciples, seemingly full of the wine of the Holy Spirit, then I'll call a public meeting and I'll explain to them what you're seeing and beholding now is what Jesus Christ who gave his life for 2,000 years ago and rose from the grave. This is what he died and rose again to win for us, which is to connect us with heaven, to connect us with the Father, to fill us with who he is. And this is what it looks like and tastes like. And this is what God wants to do. And, I, and so by seven o'clock, I was envisaging a public meeting for the communities explaining all about it. And what God was doing was dealing with my fear of what people will think. And I, and I think that's just, you know, just reflecting on that, you know, ever since that when God, if we're afraid of what people will think, that always puts a limit on what God wants to do. And, I, you know, I had to deal with that in my own heart. And I think that's just so key for us to understand. When God is moving, it requires me not to be afraid of what people will think. Second uh, thing I was just reflecting on, on the personal dynamics going on in revival is that revival is always out of control. Revival is always out of control. It's not out of order, but it is out of control. 
You see, if you think about it, when God is moving, if you really, if you really consider when God, who is outside of time, God who is eternal, God who is you know, so beyond our comprehension, when he comes into the room and when he comes into our lives, by very nature, it has to be out of our human control. But what God does, because he's a God of order and not of chaos, he always sets things as they really should be when he is present. But that is far beyond the control, the human control, that we normally bring our lives, our church, normally under. You know, I remember um, John Wimber uh, teaching years ago. He said, um, graveyards are neat, tidy, sterile, and dead. And yet children's play, play groups, he would say kindergartens, children's nurseries are full of new life, and yet they're messy as anything. You know, I was thinking back, like our most glorious night when John Arnott was here, I would say was the most disruptive, if you're looking for a controlled church meeting, the most disruptive night that we've had. And yet revival brings us out of control, but it is never out of order. And, and I think, you know, what happens is because church so often happens without the extravagance of the power of God's presence, that sometimes when God moves powerfully, it feels totally out of control. And yet, in my position, in some of the personal dynamics that I go through, you know, I sometimes sort of stand like on the stage and I'm thinking, no way do I ever want to control what you're doing. So someone might be laughing crazily over there. Someone might be crying silently over there. You know, I am just so passionate to see the Holy Spirit take command of this meeting that I don't want to control it or shut it down too soon because I might feel personally like this is not, not normally in control when you compare it to a normal church meeting. But I'm thinking to myself inside, Lord, are you here? Yes, you are. Are you good? Yes, you are. Therefore, I can trust you that you are going to bring order for what would feel from a human's perspective slightly chaotic. And he does every time. You know, you talk to some of the people, uh, you know, I was talking to my son. He was part of the young people who were down like the Battle of the Somme, you know, strewn on the front of the church. And, and you know, I remember talking to him like the next day, I was like, you know, Finn, what was going on? And he went down on the floor and he was taken right into the throne room of God. And he just had an encounter with the Father. And he just felt like the Father was just rocking him back and forth saying, I love you, I love you. That's what was going on for him when he was on the floor. And, you know, I would give my life for my own son to have an encounter with the Father like that. And he was on the floor having that. And it was seemingly out of human control. You know, because when God is moving, it's far beyond our control, but it's always bringing order to our lives and life in all its fullness. Yeah? So revival requires us not to be afraid of what people think. It also is out of control, but it's never out of order. Revival disrupts our understanding. It breaks the categories of what we think 
God should do. And if, if God is moving, it always disrupts our capacity to understand what is going on. What do I mean by that? You know, someone, when, when God is moving, someone will be wailing. Someone will be standing like a statue. Someone will be crying. Someone will be kneeling on the floor. Someone will be laughing hysterically. Someone will just be, hmm. And when I judge what's happening and think that it should be happening like this or like that, then what I'm doing is I'm placing myself in the role of God rather than trusting that he, through the Holy Spirit, is the Lord and giver of life and he will be doing what he loves to do, which is building his church, meeting with people how they need to be met with, and he disrupts our understanding. And, you know, um, yeah, he disrupts our understanding because revival is highly emotional. Um, I think, um, uh, you know, I think one key for us to really grab hold of is that when God is really present, he is touching and impacting our emotions, our bodies, our minds and our spirits. But what that feels like as a personal dynamic is very often stuff can flare up inside us that we don't understand because we don't often feel like that. And it's very easy to... You know, when God is touching our emotions and, it, and we feel like, oh, I just feel disrupted. It's very easy when we're feeling uncomfortable for us then to say, okay, I need to, I need to get rid of these feelings and miss that God is in that place wanting to teach us to trust him, to draw near to him. And he's often healing our hearts. You know, I remember when, um, or what, let's depersonalize this from a situation. So often when God moves powerfully, I get to have awesome conversations with people who don't understand what's going on inside them. But if we know the truth, that if we've given our hearts to the Lord, that if we've been born again, we are sons and daughters of him, he's become our heavenly father, then we don't have to worry about what's going on inside of us because he will, he will pastor us and shepherd us and father us and deal with our hearts so kindly and graciously and gently but powerfully in that place. So sometimes when I'm feeling all crazy, you know, and feeling like stuff is flaring up and stuff's firing off inside of me, the best thing I can do is say, Lord Please will you show me what is happening inside me right now. And please will you help me to process that with you and not to be afraid of what you're stirring up inside of me. Let me give you an example. You might see God moving and he might be really powerfully touching somebody and they're laughing hysterically. And you're like, suddenly what flares up in you is like, I've never laughed hysterically. So they must be either be crazy or there must be something wrong with me. And if we know the truth that Father loves us and he cares for you just as much as he does for them, then actually when that thought flares up inside, we could say, hang on a minute, the truth is I know that you love me. Maybe you do want to give me greater joy. 
I'm open for that. But I'm not going to compare myself or put myself down because actually I don't understand or I don't get their experience. And now I'm comparing myself and feeling rubbish and therefore I need to reject it or, you know, clamp it down. Instead, I can say, Father, I just say to you, (laughs) I know what your kingdom is. It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, according to Romans chapter 14, verse 17. So would you fill me with joy in a greater way? And I may laugh like a hyena, or I may just inwardly just feel really, really warm and close to you. And that's okay. Because I don't have to necessarily laugh like a hyena. <laughs> but I could, I could just be open to how you're moving in my life. And I'm not going to let my own emotions take me to a place which leads me to reject what you're doing. Is this good? I can't even hear you. (laughs) So I'm going to choose to think that it's good. (laughs) Um, Revival disrupts us emotionally. Like, it is a bit messy because as I said, like Wimber said, it's just messy sometimes in a nursery. Have you ever tried being a, a, a playgroup teacher? Have you ever tried looking after our nursery age kids in Chang? It's really messy. There's snot everywhere. They're crawling everywhere. They're biting everything. They're touching everything they shouldn't, you know. <laughs> but they are alive. You know, they're, they're our precious babies. They're growing. They're exploring. They're discovering. They're alive. And it is a bit messy. I remember, not in our church, <laughs> I remember like making a terrible mistake, you know, when I was just being touched by God. Like I was just so full of his joy. I was learning how to dance and I was learning how not to be afraid of what people thought of me. So I remember being in this one church and just, I was leading the meeting and I just was feeling like we should all dance. So I started dancing. And I was like, come on, everybody, let's dance. And everybody else looked back at me like they were statues. <laughs> so I, I just was then starting to feel afraid. So I was like, come on, everybody, let's dance. Go on, everybody, dance. And then we're in this horrible situation where I'm dancing away. They're feeling like I'm pressuring them into dancing. They don't want to dance. And everybody just feels terrible at the end. And it's just like, I don't know. I was growing, they were growing, and it's okay. <laughs> it just sometimes gets a little bit clunky. You know, I remember um, when I began to go out with Louise, I was probably tripping over myself half the time. And when God moves in us, sometimes we're, we're falling over ourselves a little bit. You know, um, we are, Acts chapter 6, not everyone's getting fed properly and they're just a bit clunky and it's not quite working. But when we know God loves us, when we forgive each other, when we bless each other, then God can move in our lives and it's going to be all good. I've dropped my notes. So here we go. Uh, What else would I say about the personal dynamics in revival? I would say that Revival, when God moves, he loves the parable of the talents, which really leads us to discover when he pours out his spirit, how we deal with that, how we handle it, how we steward it is really, really important. 
Louise and I had some time out last summer and we had a first-hand analysis in what happens when God moves in power and yet we don't steward that carefully in terms of personally examining what cultural baggage we carry in our lives that when God is moving, he's calling us to be open to him challenging and us changing. So we had a first-hand experience of this in a different cultural context. Um, But it really inspired us and really impassioned us. When we get back home, what are the idols in West Sussex British culture that just need to be disrupted when God is moving? You know, the idols of, like I say, being in control of our lives. You know, we love to be... You know, we hate being embarrassed as, you know, upstanding British West Sussex people. You know, we love to know what's going on and we love to understand because we're clever and intelligent, you know, and just all this kind of cultural stuff. It doesn't mean that we we need to be unthinking and unintelligent, but you can't understand God through your mind. You really can't. You have to connect with him through the spirit that he pours out in our hearts that he causes to come alive when we're born again. And, you know, it's like relearning how God thinks and God moves and unlearning what is cultural to us as British West Sussex people. You know, as British people, we hate dancing. <laughs> but actually, does God want us to learn how to, how to dance with abandon? because he loves us to be childlike before him and not to be inhibited by what people think of us. And that's applicable whether we're British, whether we live in West Sussex, or whether we are African or Indian or, you know, whatever whatever it looks like. You know, there's something we can learn there about not being afraid for our reputation, not being too proud and concerned for ourselves. That, I think, is important as God pours out his spirit that we are open and attentive to actually personally growing and dealing with our cultural stuff within us. You know, that God, God loves about us, but he loves us so much that he wants us to change and move out of. Um, revival, I think, that some of the personal dynamics, two final things. Revival and God moving is for you and for us. You know, 2008 was a key paradigm shift for Louise and I. We'd spent three years being crammed full of head knowledge at theological college, but our hearts were dry and dusty. And in 2008, we found ourselves in a context where God was moving in such great power, such great power. But the paradigm shift for me, in being in a context where God is moving powerfully, he's moving in the lives of people around, the paradigm shift for me was, hang on a minute, does God want to send revival in the earth? Does he? Does he? Yeah. He really does want to bring revival. Has God done everything in Christ necessary for revival to happen? Well, the scriptures say that he's given us all we need for life according to him and godliness. 
He's done everything in Christ. So therefore, what hit me in 2008 was, I need to stop waiting for a sovereign move of God and I need to be a move of God. And if I take responsibility for me moving in personal revival, then I can leave the corporate results to God. You know, and I had to make this shift from reading about all these amazing people, John Wimber, you know, John Arnott, everyone else called John, <laughs> the Gospel of John. Like I need to make this shift from all these incredible people to suddenly thinking, okay, it's me. When all is said and done, when all is stripped away, it's me and it's you, Lord. And all I can do is take responsibility for being open to how you're moving in my life. But if you've sent me out as the Father sent Jesus, if you've given me the same ministry you've given him, if you've called me to proclaim the kingdom and heal the sick and deliver people of demons and to multiply food and all these things, then I just need to say, I am going to be a move of God. I'm going to do this. And I'm just going to just allow you, I'm going to get over myself and I'm just going to allow you to move in my life and I'm going to be this and leave the results up to you. And I would say from that moment on, I, I just saw God move more powerfully when I made that mental shift in my mind from waiting for this thing to happen to me to I am going to lay hold of all that you've done and won for me just when I made that mental shift, I'm going to be a move of God. I'm going to be in revival. Then I just began to see God move in power. You know, we got back um, in 2008 and um, it was so awesome because we went to a revival that all of my clever theological vicar friends were distrusting. So I went out there and I said, listen, guys, God is real. He's moving. He's filled me full of electricity. He's blitzed my life. He's moving. And I wrote to them all and I said, it's real, guys. And the next day, the person responsible fell morally. <laughs> and I was totally, like, you know, embarrassed in the eyes of them from... Um, in terms of my reputation for discerning what God was doing. But you know what? It didn't matter because I knew that I'd met with God. I knew what he'd done in my life. I knew that I'd been face to face. I knew that he'd changed me. And you know what? He, he was just dismantling my reputation in the eyes of the church. <laughs> and he's been doing it ever since. <laughs> um, and, you know, here we are in 2020. We've just put out some stuff online. We still believe. We're crazy enough to still believe. We do believe. I believe. We're going, to be, we're going to see God move in the UK. We're going to see it and we still believe. And I'm prepared to sacrifice my own reputation, my own standing in the eyes of people and the church because I just, I just believe. <laughs> and the final thing I just want to share with you today, personal dynamics in revival. I hope that's helpful. You can't tell me if it's helpful or not. So, <laughs> But the final thing I'm going to say is, at the end of the day, revival is all about him. You know, I was talking about one of our most glorious nights that we've experienced together in our church. But you know, call it revival, call it God moving, 
Call it the presence of God being in the room. Call it the power of God. It's just where God is so there. And revival is all about him. And some of the stuff I've just been sharing, I hope is helpful for shooting our own lives. But really, it's just about him. It's about all of our lives being saturated and soaked with him, which happens when we just set our sails to be like Jesus and no one else, God and no one else, Father and no one else, Holy Spirit and no one else. You know, um, do you know that song, um, You Are Worthy of It All? You are worthy of it all, you know, for from you are all things and to you are all things. You deserve the glory. You know, one of, one of the things, one of the reasons I love that, that song is because, you know, in revival, we're caught up into the throne room of God and the throne room of God descends into the earth. The kingdom of heaven just becomes real on the, on the kingdom of earth for a, few, for a few moments. And what happens is we're caught up into God and, and he descends to us and we realise suddenly that everything is about him. Everything's from him. Everything's being poured out from him. And we are caught up into his wonder, into his splendour, into his majesty, into his holiness for a, few, for a few moments. And then we get to pour out our lives back to him. And we realise, oh my goodness, you're there. I'm with you. You're real. You're eternal. You're incredible. You're, you're full of splendour and majesty. You're kind. You're amazing. You're love. And I get to just return to you everything you poured out. And I just get to say back to you, I love you, I worship you, you are God, I'm on earth, nothing else matters. You know, I love you, you are worthy, for from you are all things and to you everything's returning. You deserve all the glory. And I think if we just in revival manage to keep the eyes of our hearts fixed on him, then we'll be fine and we'll leave the rest to him. So may God bless you. Is that good? <laughs> He's doing so much. So, Father, thank you. May we be personal revivals. <laughs> May we never take the eyes of our hearts onto how much we lack, on how rubbish we are, on how powerful the so-called enemy is. Hang on a minute. Beep, beep, beep. <laughs> on... May we never get puffed up with pride and think we're amazing when we're pumped full of his glory. <laughs> How could we ever do that? Ah. May we never do ourselves down. It's so interesting to me that even post-Pentecost, the New Testament church still had problems. So let's not get down when we have a few problems, but let's just recognise that he is on the move. Let's be a personal revival in our home. Let's just be with our Father. Let's be with Jesus. Let's release his Holy Spirit. Let's enjoy him for all he is. And, uh, try, and try and make sense of what he's doing as best we can. <laughs> I'm trying to share with you a few keys, but really we, we understand about this much about who God is. And that's kind of reassuring because there's so much for us to discover when our lives wear out and we spend eternity with him. And he's just smashing us 
day after day with, here's another revelation of how incredible I am. We're like, wow, you're holy. And he's like, boom, let me send you another revelation of how incredible I am. We're like, wow, you're worthy. And we just for eternity, he just peels back the layers of his, his wonderful splendor and his glory year after year, time after time, you know, for eternity, we just get to be like, ah, oh, wow. There are endless depths to your majesty that we get to discover. <laughs> so we really do see a little bit. <laughs> and we think we're so clever at times, but really we're not. But we get to see him forever. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. And may his face just blaze, shine upon us. Wow. May he turn the glorious light of his presence into any darkness in our hearts, any darkness in our homes, any darkness on our streets. May he just shine. May whatever's hidden in darkness come into the light. <laughs> Let's be aware that when his face is upon us, everything in our hearts is lit up to find healing and freedom and wholeness and love and purpose. And today, may he fill us with a peace which just allays all our fears and leads us on into all of his plans and purposes. He loves you. I love you. We all love each other. It's all snotty. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord in the name of Christ. Amen. God bless you guys.